Coitus. Doing it. Bumping uglies. Yeah. Uh, the horizontal mambo. The only thing that I dream of is for you to be dreaming of me. And the only thing that I long for is for you to long obsessively. Doesn't everybody want to be a dog sometimes? That's all we're looking for, even though I know there's so much more to love. You're listening to The One, and I'm Robin Wilson. The One is a podcast that showcases everyday people and the love stories that make them unique. You know, I definitely appreciate when a couple walks in and says, nothing is off limits. We will literally talk about anything. And when that couple is Trent and Elizabeth Wilkie, I know I can just get out of their way and let them go. So that's exactly what I did. I hope you enjoy. All right. So Elizabeth, we'll start with you. Okay. Tell me three things that you love about Trent. Oh, his passion, um, his uh, fortitude, and... um, the idea that someday he might shave again. <laughs> That's not something to love because it's not possible. <laughs> okay, well, sometimes your humor then. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 3.5 thing. <laughs> <laughs> Trent, same question to you. Uh, things that I love about myself. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, my fortitude. No, um, but Elizabeth. Uh, I like her. It's tough because you usually find that you dislike parts of the things that you love right like uh, I love flying but I hate falling Uh, but Elizabeth I love her work ethic I love her directness especially with being an artist being a flighty artist and being a writer I need and it's taken a while taken a while but I need that that frankness and she gives it to me and it's always very kind well it comes from a kind place it doesn't sound (laughs) kind it's like a dog barking I love you not that you are a dog not that you bark. Can we erase that? <laughs> it's like a butterfly kissing your your cheek very loudly and aggressively in your sleep. Uh, I like that about her. I like that, uh, uh, and at the same time, I find it uh, sometimes infuriating. Um, but I'm very passionate about it, so I have an emotional response. I like. Um, well, I think she's super hot. She's super hot, like super hot. Like you know that though, right? Yeah. You know I hate it when you leave, but I love watching you go, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another thing that I love about her is that she loves me. It's very uh, it's very real. It's a very real thing I feel from her. And I have a lot of problems with uh, being loved, uh, which stems from some stuff that I grew up around and with. And it's very wonderful to have that feeling, to know that there is somebody that does actually love you and you trust that as a truth. And she's hot. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lovely observation. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that a lot of people deal with but maybe don't recognize. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing about, about love. It's like you think that it's this, this people think it's a, it's a goal or it's an attainment or wedding, but it's not. It's like having liver disease. It's something with you. <laughs> that's the crappiest analogy. Um, it's, it is, it's a perpetual, you know, work in progress they say that you abandon like good artists they don't finish things they abandon them and uh this is something that i'm gonna always work at and the day that i abandon it is the day i die so 
I was going to th- say that I think one of my three things should have been your ability to count because I think there was way more than three things in there. <laughs> there was three. And I also, there was I, a theme of three. I also, I also really like that you're like... The things I, you know, the things that I love are also the things that I hate. Because, one thing. Because I always, one. what is the first thing I tell people is that I don't find you funny. And stop touching yourself. And yet I can't stop <laughs> laughing. Yeah, that's true. So Elizabeth, tell me how you two met. Uh, we met uh, over social media. Uh, Trent was writing a story for Theatre Alberta's All Stages. And uh, he was looking for theaters outside of... Edmonton or Calgary that were doing something interesting. At the time, I was managing a theater in Fort Saskatchewan. And uh, so I tweeted to him. I knew who he was. He had no idea who I was. I tweeted to him from my venue to talk to me. And so he he phoned me up, not knowing that I had recommended myself. <laughs> and, uh, and he introduced himself and said that somebody had... Uh, suggested that I'd be a really good person to talk to. I was like, yeah, that was me. I thought it would be awesome to talk to, so there you go. I've been talking to myself for about five hours. I'm great. And so he said, he said, um, we'd do, uh, would you have 15 minutes to talk and uh, answer a few questions? And uh, more than an hour passed, mm-hmm. and we were still talking, and then we connected. Uh, he followed me and added me on Facebook, and we talked uh, quite a bit, and then he disappeared for uh, a period of time. Apparently he found out that I had a boyfriend, which I did not have. Mm-hmm. Some fictitious boyfriend appeared in my uh, very abundant social life. And then uh, and then a few months later, um, I posted a message about having met my guardian angel. And he thought that was really interesting and uh, and decided to reach out and ask me some questions about that. And... Uh, and then the rest is history. We uh, we started exchanging messages every day for about well, five weeks. Mm-hmm. Decided to meet in person, and and gu- we've been on the fast track to like everything <laughs> yeah. since. The guardian angel was a woman that uh, Elizabeth was in a car accident, a pretty nasty car accident, and a woman who was a nurse. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. was on the scene and saw this, so she crawled into the car with Elizabeth. Wow, waiting for the ambulance and talked to her. And a year, two years later? No, no. So I was in the accident yeah. in... I am going to correct you. Uh, I was in the accident in <sighs> July. <laughs> and it was a bad enough accident that um, the 911 dispatchers, um, they said that a couple of the phone calls that they came in, people were talking about somebody had died. Like they thought it was a fatality. They didn't... They weren't uh, sure. Yeah. yeah, so <clears throat> um, I had... Uh, my, I was driving a car and I stopped for construction and um, a fully loaded delivery truck, they figure going between 120 and 140 kilometers an hour, rear-ended me without, like they never even hit the brake, they were distracted driving. And my car started to spin and it subsequently it hit the car in front and then was hit by two more cars. And uh, my, I, I went from the driver's seat um and my car car seat um snapped and my body slid out of the seat belt and into the uh rear passenger side of the car which was really the only part of the car that was left Mm -hmm. and um and uh and I lost consciousness mostly um 
But I had memories of somebody talking to me about my family and where I was, uh, where I was going and who needed to be contacted. But when, um, when I regained consciousness again at the trauma unit and I was asking about who was in the car with me, they had no record of anyone having been with me. And so then flash forward to November and I was at my venue introducing a show. And after the show, a woman came up to me and she said, Elizabeth, do you remember me? And I said, no, but your voice seems really familiar. And she said, I was in, well, she said, I was leaning into the car with you at your accident. She said, and I can't believe that you are walking. (laughs) Um, And I said, oh my God, you're my angel. And she said, what? (laughs) And so we were able to sort of connect and, uh, and find out that, those memories of that, you know, that voice that was reassuring me was a real human being. Wow. And her telling me that story, just something about that, like the real depth of acknowledgement of a situation. And I don't know, anybody who has an emotional attachment to stuff like that is, and can have that magic touch. I don't know. Worked for me. And then we just kept talking and we hung out one night. I think it was New Year's. Yeah, well, we, it was, what I was really recovering from the, the car accident mm-hmm. and so in the early stages of us exchanging information like uh, messaging after that there was a few times where I would be spending hours on the floor in my living room with my back seizing I was in so much pain and uh, he started phoning me to to talk me through that discomfort and so we just started having random conversations while I was trying to get to the other side of um Back spasms. Back spasms, yeah. And so you sort of formed a connection before you had even met. Yes. Yeah, and the fact that we had met prior, but I didn't remember her, uh, made me feel terrible. (laughs) Um, She was a tech at the Fringe, and I had done several Fringe shows, and it's just, I'm a ditz by nature, so I just didn't... And I had worked with one of his best friends (laughs) at the University of Alberta. Sammy, Sammy remembered you very kindly. And, yeah, like our, our friend group cross path constantly mm-hmm. for about 10 years. It just happened that we had never fully connected, mm-hmm. but all of our friends were, a good chunk of them were mutual friends. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting, the timing mm-hmm. of when we actually did meet. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your first date, Trent. Hmm. Be careful. <laughs> um, it wasn't really a, a date. Um, we, I don't remember our first date date. Uh, I remember the first time we met, uh, and I, we had been talking, so when she was on the floor with her back in spasm, she has two dogs, and they're very loud, and they're very obnoxious, <laughs> and now they're living with us. We, we have two dogs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're not mine. I let them know every day. Uh, and so they would be barking and whatnot in the background, and we'd, I'd find some sort of whimsical way to let her forget that her back is in pain. Uh, and so... I said, well, why don't I come over and, you know, I'll walk your dogs. It was a segue into, you know, a date. And we, we never got to walk the dogs. <laughs> so. Although for my, <laughs> for my bridal shower, he was asked a bunch of questions for the ladies to, like, guess on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he felt the need to say that we walked the dog in uh, quotations, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so then in front of my grandmother and my mother and a whole bunch of, you know, just older friends, we got to have a conversation about what walking the dog might have meant when in quotations. And so when did you actually first walk the dog in quotation marks? I don't think I ever did. Well, <laughs> I just it just sort of picked up from there and it wasn't really a going out and dating thing. It was uh, she had a house and she had a job and I was working part time and doing freelance work. So I would come over and we would hang out. We'd watch a movie, watch some TV and she'd take off during the day and I would just get my stuff and go home. And uh, it just started that we started hanging out more and more and more and we, I got to meet your friends and we ramped up very fast the day yeah. after I met him in person I phoned my mom and said I had met the person I was going to marry <laughs> yeah. and then I told like her it was, was there was no there was no question in my mind and I had been in a I had been in a seven-year common-law relationship um just pr- prior to uh to meeting Trent and uh and we had, you know, we had bounced around what marriage would look like, and and it just, it, we were, ne- it was never quite right. It was not, it was more the thing we should be doing rather than the thing we would want to do, and and so it caught me off guard that the first time I met Trent in person, I was like, nope, this is this is this is it. So I phoned my mom the next day. I said, I've I've met the guy I'm going to marry. And then a week later, Trent told me that he wasn't looking for anything serious and he was moving to Ontario. And I started to uh, cry, and I'm not, I'm not. That's one of the few times I think I've actually seen you cry. And so, and so then he was like, oh God, I don't know what I'm doing so now. So I just got up and left. <laughs> told the dog, threw the dog my car keys, said, you drive me home because this just isn't. No, and uh, I didn't realize that she had. Two things. I didn't know that she that's how much she cared for me. And my response to her crying is I didn't realize how much I cared for her. Um, so we spent the next three months, four months, getting Trent ready to move to Ontario. She was driving me around to write these essays because I wanted to go to, <clears throat> get into digital media at a school and, and actually got accepted. And, and wrote I, all the tests yeah. and paid the deposit and then... Turned it down. Then turned it down. <laughs> there, there's things that you want in your life that you you want to make your life better for, right? Things that you don't have that you try to set yourself up for. You try to get a good job so that you're happy every day. You try to uh, eat well so that you're healthy. You try to be a decent person so that the world will, the universe will throw love your way. And I realized that I was going away to make my life better, but one of the most important things was like just someone who loved me was right here. So why would I, why would I leave that? And then, when when did I ask you to get married? It was like a October. It was my birthday. It was your birthday. You, yeah. It was your request for a birthday gift. Yeah. And she said no. <laughs> I did not say no. She said no. I did get super confused though. Yeah. Because he. I said it in Spanish. When he when he when he because he proposed over social media, but when he finally showed up at my house, which took him a lot longer because I was biking. Well, no. No, it was because you were answering Twitter messages. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Facebook messages because everybody had an opinion on the fact that he had started the proposal over social media. And so what should have been a 45-minute bike trip became two hours. <laughs> and so I got the, like, the I'll be there in an hour proposal message. And then he didn't show up. And then when he did, he rang the doorbell. 
and he was down on his knees, but I looked out the half window in the door, and there was nobody at the back door. So I ran to the front door, and there was no one at the front door. And then the doorbell rang again, and I ran to the back door and did the same thing, and there was no one there. The dogs were losing their The shit. dogs were going crazy. Yeah. I think we only had one of the dogs. I think the other dog was over at my too. axes. I'm, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so then finally, finally I figured out, oh, he's down there. So I opened the door and he, he had a, um, an Avengers, I think it was an Avengers notebook. Mm-hmm. And he opened the Avengers notebook and he had what he wanted to say in his proposal written down. But he was crying too much by that point that he just handed me the book. So then I proposed to myself. <laughs> and, uh, and then there was a bunch of hugging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we got married, and then because we met over social media, and I proposed to her over social media, it was just natural that we would live stream the wedding, and that was in March from October. So within a year, almost, we were engaged and married, and we did it because we didn't like sinning. fornication was it was just getting too too much for me and I said you got to put a ring on it baby or this this boat's leaving port uh what are you laughing uh and yeah it was very it's very quick it's still very quick now we're on our having our second child yeah. right so within we've been married for three years going on four yeah yeah do the math think about it I got it on my ring I should know <laughs> 13 to 14 14 to 15, 15 15 to 16, so the 17 will be the Holy man. (laughs) Could you turn this off for a second? I talk to my wife. Oh, no, this gold. (laughs) Gold. I was going to check check the date on my ring, too, but my ring doesn't fit me, so he's wearing both of our wedding bands now. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) But, yeah, we're we're fast fast tracking it, and uh, sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it sucks. It's really tough. Because there's a lot of growth. There's a lot of, like, I was... I was a man-child for a very long time. Child-child. Mm. Child-child. <laughs> I was a child-child. like, lots of facial hair. Yes. Yeah. So I would, that's why I said man-child. Right. Of course. Else. Uh, it's, but it's, it's very tough. It's very worth it. I do feel that we're doing the right thing and, and getting it all out of the way. And then we can get back to, you know, celebrating anniversaries and going on vacations and whatnot. So you're talking how you fast-tracked everything. Everything mm-hmm. moved really quickly. Yeah. When did you first start farting in front of each other? Uh, I did right away. <laughs> totally right away. Mm-hmm. And then because I was pregnant so soon after we got married, it was just one stop, like, flatch, like flatulence all the time. Because <laughs> I, 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 there's nothing. My first pregnancy was just gas. Yeah. I, w- I, put on, I did put on just under 90 pounds with my first pregnancy. And, like, a third of that was water. A third of that, I think, was just gas. Yeah. And then there was a little bit of baby in there, and then <laughs> it I, always sounded like a little like a balloon was leaking <laughs> somewhere in the room. There's this Trench? you know when you know when you watch Star Trek and you hear the background effects of space. Yeah, with her and her pregnancy, it was like it's oh. just a constant. It was perpetual the worst. Fart. It was the worst. It's not so bad this time around. But she it's would still laugh, there. laugh. It would stop. And <laughs> Trent, on the other <laughs> hand, is like he is a very he's he's very discreet, mm-hmm. and so I have only I've only ever heard him pass wind of any kind. Twice in our entire relationship, um, I know he poops, <laughs> but he is like he's a secret pooper. So I'll have like uh, eggs. I'll be making an omelet, and uh, we'll be in the same room, and I'll just take them, pitch them against the wall, right? And she'll turn to look, and I'll just fart. Just let it go. I'll be like, 
like, oh, I'm like, wow, those eggs sure are slippery. No idea. No idea that that is happening at all. He's very, like, he's, he's I poop in the on yard. top of oh, it. Yes. I poop in the yard. It's a thing. All right, so. Ex- excellent question. <laughs> Glad we got to go there. <laughs> there are two well-known adages about love. Birds of a feather flock together and opposites attract. So which would you say uh, is more applicable to your relationship? <laughs> opposites. Yeah. There's, opposites. there's nothing. No. There's we're, very we're, little things that we are similar human. on. We're human-ish. <laughs> yeah. S- we human-ish. Eat, we eat food. Those are something else we have in common. Mm-hmm. But that's it. That's wow. it. That's yeah. the app. And but, so how do you think that's affected your relationship? Has it had any effect? Oh. There's a reason why we're so passionate, and we're, I do, we are very passionate. And the reason is, is because at any moment we can have a very heartfelt conversation about anything from the shape of Legos to uh, how her boogers smell. You can finish that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, think that, I think that what makes our love work is, is, is sort of the passion, but what makes every day a challenge is the fact that we are so completely opposite on the spectrum of everything Mm -hmm. everything how we how we look at uh how we look at religion how we look at humanity how we how we uh critique art how we um deal with how we sleep she's a she's a yeah like well yeah schedules i'm a morning person and trent would happily be up till four in the morning every night Mm -hmm. and so there's there is very little that we have that is that we're on the same page. So the biggest struggle is trying to figure out, okay, if we can't be on the page I want to be on and we can't be on the page you want to be on, where in this book can we find a place where we're both feel comfortable that the compromise hasn't compromised who we are? Mm-hmm. And I don't think I don't think we've figured out what that yeah. is yet because I think that we both have those moments where. Um, we have we have tried to accommodate enough that we actually feel like we're losing a little bit of um, our own self sense, mm-hmm. and so we're constantly trying to realign and figure out what that needs to look like moving forward. And a breakthrough that we had recently is being able to say thank you, or not thank you, I'm sorry, rather being able to say I'm sorry and and. And not like one of those half-ass or mm-hmm. it's a full-ass story. <laughs> um, and meaning it and, and talking about why, like, why we reacted that way, why we didn't realize that we offended each other. There's a lot of, for me at least, I'm, it's very important for me, for her to know that I'm going to be a dick. I don't mean to be a dick. But I want her to know that I'm not trying, I'm not going out of my way to be a dick. And being able to say to her, in an honest way, that I I do apologize. I, I'm trying to change it. I can't ever promise that I'm going to. But being able to look her in the eyes and tell her that I do love her and I am sorry um, is a big breakthrough for me. And it usually ends with her talking about how it made her feel too. Mm-hmm. So there's a, like a lot of debriefing, mm-hmm. and we're getting we're getting a lot better at it, and and that's important, I think. But it's still always going to be there, I think, because we're both very passionate people mm-hmm. about what we do, what we believe in. What Trent had earlier when he was talking about the three things he loves to me about me, he had talked about like my bluntness or just just the fact that I'll just put it out there. And so early in our relationship, Trent Trent did a lot of work with the Autism Society, and um, 
early in our relationship, he said, have you ever been tested to see if you're on the spectrum? He said, because the way you interpret situations and, and, and the way you share information, he said, <clears throat> he said, I think it, it, it sort of leads me to, to believe that maybe, maybe you have Asperger's, you know, something along those lines. And he said, but I really appreciate it. It's refreshing to just know what you're thinking. He, he's, it was he's, before we were married. He is not as refreshed <laughs> now. But um, Quote, unquote, that's stupid. <laughs> I have the tendency to say a lot of things that I don't realize have any kind of... Filter. Um, so, yeah, the moral of the story is I'm really... I'm hyper-literal about things. And she is, but... It, you know, my filter you, is not spectacular. But you're successful because of it. So, like, you're the way you run, like, the way you manage people, and the way you can solve problems very quickly, and the way you can see solutions to things, you know. I'm very jealous of that. And so to flip it around, the bluntness, Trent, what is the best compliment that Elizabeth has ever given you? Oh, she tells me that I'm a good writer. She tells me that I'm getting better at things. Um, she acknowledges when I do something. It's really, like, things that other people would just diminish. But it's the little things, the little acknowledgments that add up to to love for me. And it's not like she has to stop me and say, you're the best, you're a hero. I don't like to throw that word around. It's because that stuff... Being in the arts and hearing it from other people and seeing, you know, bo- both being real and fake is somewhat diminished to me. But it's the little things that she'll acknowledge, like, well, thank you for making the bet. You know, very attainable tasks that I can... <laughs> but no, like, I'm joking about it, but really it is it is that. And it's the fact that she always wants to help me. The fact that when we first got together, she I broke her heart saying I was leaving, and then she was driving me to take my test to get into school. You know, and helping me with things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So as you alluded to, you're both creative minds in different ways. So if you're to write a play about your relationship, what would that play be called? Whoa. I've got got seven names on it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, if it involves, like set of adult teeth or farting no. those titles have to go away yeah. right now yeah right now it would be called either something uh sorry i sneezed on you no sorry i sneezed in you the unbearable opulence of awesome or uh fart cops no i said it couldn't have farts in it the car, they don't. No. They're cops. No. They have to find them. No, no, no. no. There's no. It's no. a different story. It's like we're both play cops. No. And you're like, gosh darn it, Wilkie, get in my office. I hate the way you do things, but you get results. You know what I mean? And I'm just that, like, whatever. You're not my boss. And then we have the conversation where you are my boss. And that's just, the play's done. Hey, wait. And then we find a fart. I'm your boss? Well, in the play. Oh. In real life. But it's about our relationship. Um, <laughs> other names for our relationship as if it were a play. Um... I think uh, <laughs> I'm making myself more comfortable because once you start him on this, like it's not. I'm just gonna have to break it's in. It's not gonna stop. Jesus Christ, super shit. Nope. Why not? That's not it. The dog poops a lot. Nope. Jesus Christ, that's a super nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I look forward to seeing that mm-hmm. next year at the French. See, I'm so much more literal about all of this because I like I see titles like. So, Trent, 
just end there. <laughs> I think I start like 12 sentences a day with so Trent. Yeah. Look what I found in the dog. In in the dog? Yeah. Oh, do you remember the time that I no, sent you the I photograph and of the... No, I don't. I spent a lot of money to forget it. Okay, go ahead. You have the floor. <laughs> Safe sex is very important. And the, the dog may have consumed oh. a... Uh, <laughs> a latex device at our home and then I may not have noticed it until it came out the other side and so uh, I just in a relationship before we were married I may have sent a text message to Trent of the outcome uh, <laughs> with no every part of that word <laughs> with no explanation no. other than just it was like a magical sausage casing <laughs> On the sausage you would never want to eat. <sighs> Forever. Forever. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> Elizabeth, what was it about Trent that made it clear to you so very early on that he was the one? I, I think that he challenged me. He was one of the first people who didn't have a super dominant personality. And he was one of the first people that didn't either back down or um, just completely disengage um, because they weren't interested in the fight or or having to um, not find the compromise. Like so, our early conversations about art and religion were um, very very engaged. Uh, and, uh, and I really appreciated that because there's a lot of people that'll start a conversation with me and um, either just agree to disagree and walk away and end the conversation or just aren't interested in, in having to uh, enter into a high school debate about it. <laughs> and, uh, and Trent was totally game for that. So I knew that. I knew right away that uh, he, was, he was somebody that could uh, hold his own in a... Uh, in a relationship with me. And I think that that there was no there was no moment where it felt like I hadn't known him forever. And my love for you wasn't it was a slow burn. It was like someone asking you what's your favorite food and like, well, you know, I've had pizza every day for seven years. So I guess I really, really like pizza. And baby you're my pizza. It was something that it just realized like, oh I really I really I really fucking love this girl. I really do. Thanks to Elizabeth and Trent for sharing their love story with me today. And thank you for listening to this episode of The One. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe on either iTunes or Google Play, because there are many more love stories to be told. If you're in a relationship and would like to chat with me about it, or know someone who you think has a story that should be shared, drop me a line at lovestorypodcast at gmail.com and we can all work together to keep a little love in the air. I'd like to thank Jacek Chocolate Couture for spreading joy in the form of chocolates for my guests today. Head over to their Sherwood Park or downtown Edmonton locations and try some of their tasty concoctions for yourself. The music for the one is I Love You Oddly by Rebecca Angel. You can hear more from Rebecca at ReverbNation.com backslash Rebecca Angel. Until next time, here's a quote from James Balog. When you put the subjectivity of the art together with the context of the science, you have this very powerful conjunction of opposites, and together they are greater than either one could ever be alone.